Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. I'm going to get right into the Word tonight. Um, I have been so stirred since November with the message uh, that I'm going to bring tonight. I feel like the Lord has been dealing with me. I feel like Jacob, uh, when he wrestled uh, with the angel of the Lord, I feel like I've been wrestling with this thing uh, for a month and a half uh, from a standpoint of I just wanted to preach it. And uh, uh, it's not very often the Lord, uh, well, that's not true. I was going to say it's not very often the Lord tells me to shut up, but that wouldn't be true. Uh, But I felt like he told me, just hold on. I want you to deliver that on the 31st. And I said, okay, I will deliver that to the best of my ability. Uh, So let's just pray again. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that your people tonight on New Year's Eve would not hear uh, me, but would hear your voice, would hear your word. Father, I thank you so much for your word. It has meant so much to me personally throughout my life and throughout uh, uh, every season and facet thereof that I consider it such a strong thing. So, Father, I, can, I am incredibly humbled uh, that you would allow me uh, to share uh, even just a, a small portion of what your Bible says uh, with people. That really means a lot to me. So I thank you for that very much, and I ask you to strengthen uh, me tonight and help me deliver this word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Open your Bible to uh, John chapter number 6. John chapter number 6, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me in November and told me that we were coming into a season of an open heaven. Uh, Open heaven is is, uh, windows of heaven open, uh, those type phrases only found a couple times in the Bible. One specific time is uh, in the book of Genesis whenever the floodwaters came after Noah had built the ark and was prepared and had all the animals in it, then the Bible says that God shut the door of the ark. Uh, later in our New Testament, the Bible said that you w- would say that you and me are sealed by the Holy Ghost. Uh, aren't you glad that God is the one who seals you and you don't have to be responsible for your own seal? Somebody give God a wave offering and tell Him I'm thankful. Uh, but so many times in our Bible, uh, we, we read about things and, and, and we can pass over them. But the Scripture says there, uh, very similarly worded as it is in Malachi, the windows of heaven open. The windows of heaven open. And this happened in Genesis where the rainwaters began to come down. And the, the interesting thing was uh, the rainwaters coming down are what in fact elevated the ark. The ark is what at that time held God's people. So the windows of heaven were open and God's people began to elevate. They began to rise above all of the thorns that were on the earth. They began to rise above all of the issues that were on the earth. They, were, they began to rise above all of the wickedness that God was washing away during that great flood. Uh, so I guess the point I'm trying to get to is when the windows of heaven open. 
It's not necessarily good news for the entire world, but it is always incredible news for God's people. You see, Noah didn't just experience the flood. Noah was preparing for 100 years for when that would start. And when he prepared, the Bible says God opened the windows of heaven and the ark began to elevate. And after, uh, uh, after all the flood waters receded months later, the Bible says that uh, Noah came out and he brought an offering uh, to the Lord of every clean beast. And when he offered that to the Lord, this is found in Genesis chapter number 8, when he offered that to the Lord, the scripture says it came as a sweet smell or almost like a perfume, a sweet savor to God. And God uh, uh, took that offering into account and he said, I'll never curse the earth like this again. I'll never smite the earth like this again. It'll never be uh, that I'm going to wipe the whole thing out with water again. And, and he said, I tell you what, Noah, he said, I'm going to give you a piece of advice. He said, as long as the earth exists, uh, seed, time, and harvest uh, will continue. In other words, there's a time for planting, uh, and there's a time for, uh, 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 there's time in between, then there's a harvest time. Uh, before this service is over, we're going to receive our end-of-year offering, which is a make-room offering. We're literally making room. Uh, for what God's going to do in 2017. But this is something that's so near and dear to my heart. It's something that Crystal and I have uh, sat down with our three children. We've explained to them to the best of our ability in the words that they can understand the, the power of what a seed can do in your life. Uh, to the point we did it just like this. We said, hey guys, if, if we plant just a little bit of corn, because we grow corn at the house, I said, if we plant just a little bit of corn, uh, would, you, uh, would you think we would have a lot of corn whenever it grows or we would have a little bit? Oh, no, we just have a little bit, Daddy. Now my five-year-old is saying that. I said, okay. I said, so you understand that? I said, so if we wanted to have a lot of corn, what would we do? We would plant a lot of corn. I said, that's, I said, that's exactly right. I said, well, I want you to really consider. I said, let's go get everybody's money. So we brought all the money out. We laid it all out, each one of them, counted all up. My kids, every one of them have hundreds of dollars, okay? Uh, so they've got all this money piled up. I said, now, I said, I want you to go and individually, I want you to come up with a number that you think God uh, would like you to give. Now, for our five-year-old, that's Pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, you know, she's got all these different bills and coins and stuff. And, and so she said, uh, two, you know what I'm saying? And so we let her pick the two or three bills she wants to give, and we help her with it, you know, of course, all the way. But my older two, uh, my son is, is seven, about seven. He's seven, seven, seven. He's about to be eight. And uh, uh, we, we prayed, and, and he felt like the Lord spoke to him and told him a number. And... Uh, uh, it was exactly the number that, that I felt like uh, that he should give, or I felt like the Lord was going to tell him, I guess I should say. Then uh, our 10-year-old, our yep, our 10-year-old, uh, she, says, she says, Daddy, uh, we're praying. I said, what do you think? She said, well, Daddy, I really feel like I need to be alone with the Lord. I said, okay, well, you be alone as much and as often as you need, and uh, you just let me know what you think whenever, whenever uh, whatever she comes out. Uh, she came out with a number. She says, what I think? She said, what do you think? I said, I think that's exactly what you ought to do if you feel like the Lord has impressed upon you to do it. Because there's something about the power of a seed that can change everything. You see, the devil would have never put Jesus in the ground if he had realized he was a seed. The Bible says the only way that a seed can do anything is it must first be planted 
It must first be planted. And then whenever it's planted, now it has the opportunity to germinate and produce, and produce fruit, whereby producing a harvest, the same way Jesus did. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave. Now, God... Uh, uh, I had a great conversation with a friend of mine this week and explained to him. He was asking me a lot of questions about what's going on in Israel. Uh, I said, well, number one, I said, you need to recognize uh, that our Savior is, in fact, Jewish. He is still Jewish. He's going to be Jewish in heaven. Somebody give God a hand of praise. Uh, but, but we began to talk, and I, I, said, I said, the reality is, is, is Jesus himself... Uh, is, is given by God, but God didn't leave it there. He said, so that, in hopes, or uh, for the exchange of. So he said, God so loved the world that he gave so that you and me would have an opportunity to say yes to him. Therefore, Jesus, the seed of God, the only begotten son, was planted in the earth. Three days later, he rose from that tomb that he was planted in. And for 2,000 years, there has been a harvest being reaped on planet earth, all because a seed was, impl was planted in the ground. So throughout our life, it's imperative for us to recognize the power of a seed and the power of what a seed can do for your family, a power, the power of what a seed can do uh, for the season you have coming up, the power that it, what a seed can do in your life. But especially when you are operating in a season of an open heaven. You see, uh, the Scripture says uh, that at one point Daniel was praying and he was asking God for an answer. And while he was asking God for the answer, uh, the Scripture says that uh, the answer was sent to him. But while he was praying, there was uh, the prince of Persia or the prince of the power of the air met that angel that had the answer. And they had to wrestle and they had to fight until finally Michael the archangel had to come put the prince of the power of the air, the prince of Persia, in his place so that the other angel could actually bring the answer to Daniel. And when Daniel got there, when the answer got there, Daniel looked at him and said, Man, what took you so long? He said, I'm so accustomed to asking God something and the answer coming right back. And the, and the angel said, Well, what happened was is God heard your prayer just like the book says. God answered your prayer just like the book says. But in between the, the, the dispatch and the reception, I had some static. I had some interference. So much interference that I had to call Michael. And when I got Michael, Michael came and took care of everything. And now I'm here with the answer. Well, here's the situation that you and I have come into right now. We've come into a moment like Jacob when he laid his head on the rock and he looked up and he saw angels going up and down. And he doesn't talk about the angels being restricted. He doesn't talk about the angels being slowed down. And he doesn't talk about anybody or anything making the angels hesitate. You and I in the body of Christ have hit Hit a season of an open heaven. We are going to see Catherine Kuhlman such miracles. We are going to see Lester Summerall outpourings. We are going to see great flows and moves in the Holy Spirit. We are going to see outpourings like the book of Acts. We're going to see outpourings like what's written in the epistles when uh, multiple people are being born again on the spot. They're being baptized on the spot. I'm just telling you, I've already laid it out to our staff. I said before 2017 is over, I want some 
some kind of a place out there in that lobby where every single day we can baptize somebody. If they get born again, we want to put them in the water as soon as they're born again. We want to give them the opportunity. We're coming into a season of an open heaven. So what you and me are going to do is we are going to be phenomenal at moving in it. We are going to be phenomenal at believing God. We are going to be phenomenal at refusing to let doubt and unbelief bring any hesitation in our life. The Scripture says that whenever uh, we have the opportunity, we should say yes and amen. In other words, whenever we find out what the Bible says about you and me, if the Bible says you don't have to be addicted to anything, then your answer is yes and amen. If the Bible says that you're blessed in the city and blessed in the field, your answer is yes and amen. If the Bible says he was wounded for your transgressions, bruised for your iniquities, and by his stripes you're healed, your answer is yes and amen. It's not what you can do, it's what you can believe that you will experience. So when we come into this season of an open heaven, we're going to do everything we can to push the kingdom of God forward in as much, with as much tenacity as we can. Some of you are, are like, did he just say tenacity? I'm like, I can't spell it, but I can say it, okay? <laughs> we're going to push the kingdom of God forward. But 2017 is going to be an overwhelming year for the body of Christ. Some of you aren't even going to look the same in December 2017. Some of you are going are gonna to have miraculous healing. Some of you, your family members are going to be saved, healed, and delivered. Some of you are going to lose weight. I'll just look up high when I say that. Some of you are going to lose weight. Bless God. Some of you are going to gain weight. Some of you are going to uh, become and uh, uh, some of you are going to hit the mission field in 2017. You're going to go overseas. You don't even have a passport yet, but you're going to have to have a passport because something's going to happen. God's going to tell you to go somewhere and you're going to go in the name of Jesus. But 2017, 2017 is going to be the year of an overwhelming, consistent, open heaven over your life. Give God a big hand of praise right there. An open heaven. No restrictions. Up and down. Jacob saw the ladder. Up and down. Up and down. That means when you pray, there is nothing stopping. It's just bang, right to the throne. And as soon as he hears, bang, he dispatches the answer. You pray, bang, he hears. It. As, soon as, he hears as soon as he hears the prayer, bang, he dispatches the answer. I'm talking an open heaven where things begin to break out in your life. An open heaven where, listen, one moment of God's favor can outdo every stitch of work you've ever done. One breath of God's favor. One instant of God's favor. I was talking to Pastor Reggie Steele today, and we were preaching at one another and shouting and screaming and sweating. And he said, he said, man, I'm going to preach that tomorrow. I said, I'm going to preach what you just told me. I said, I said, I'm so excited you're going to come to my church on the 18th. He said, I am too. I said, well, you better not preach that because I'll have done preached it twice. I said, brother, I said, the Holy Spirit is doing something. He said, he's doing something. I said, brother, I said, I said we're under an open. He said, heaven. I said, that's right. We're under an open heaven. I said, everything is shifting. Everything is moving. 
It's not always this way. If you, if you just got born again, I just want to tell you, you did it at a good time. I can tell you that because you came into a right season. I've been through some season. Crystal and I, when we got married, uh, we, we went to a church, and it was a great church, but the, the median age was probably about 862. Uh, and so it was, just, it was just her and me, but we know the Lord had told us to go to that church. So we go to the church, and we're like, hey, you guys, anybody want to go eat dinner or something? They're like, oh, I can't eat past 2 o'clock in the afternoon you know I'm like oh my gosh you know so we're trying to do it and, and we're, we're, we're doing everything we can to love God and serve God and it's just her and me for year after year after year just her and me her and me her and me and, and then all of a sudden something begins to shift and something can change and things get better and better and better but I have never never in all of my life and I've been a Christian as long as I can literally remember I do not remember a time when I wasn't a Christian and I know theology, the, theologically that does it work but look when you raise your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord when they get old they won't depart from it I've accepted God at least eight million times in my life but what I'm trying to tell you is there have been seasons in my life and nothing has compared to the last 60 days of my life nothing not even close. And, and all I can tell you is this. It, some of the time it's a little bit uncomfortable for me, even still, because I've only been a pastor for four years. But it has to start with the head. And then it begins to flow down. If you are a part of this church, everything I'm saying today is not for me. I'm telling you it is for you. It is for your family. It is for your business. It is for your health. It is for your mental uh, peace. It is for your relationships with your family and your friends. We have hit a season, everybody say a season, of an open heaven. Now give God a big hand of praise. Now, now I'm going to preach my sermon if I can. John 6 and 1, I want to hit the new year. There's four things that are really critical that you're going to experience in the new year. Uh, John 6 and 1, after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of uh, Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. Number one, 2017 is going to be the year of miracles, signs, and wonders in your life. If you've never experienced a miracle you are going to experience a miracle in 2017. If you've never seen a sign from God, you're going to see more signs from God than you have ever imagined in 2017. If you've never seen a wonder, when I say wonder, I mean it can happen different ways. For me, sometimes I'll just be driving. It happened to me one time I was in Vail, Colorado, and we were snow skiing, and all of a sudden I just stopped and just I, I was just it was just an overwhelming amount of wonder all around me. I couldn't even I couldn't even understand what God was trying to do or say to me at that moment. All I knew is I had an overwhelming encounter with him. I'm talking miracles, signs, and wonders. It is coming to the body of Christ in a strong way. It is unfettered from heaven, it is unrestricted from heaven, and those who want to participate are going to have the opportunity to participate in 2017 somebody give God a big hand of praise they followed him because they saw his miracles which he did on them that were diseased he healed the sick the Bible says 
Jesus went up into the mountain there. He sat with the disciples in the Passover, uh, and the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was near. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes, saw a great company uh, come unto him, he said unto Philip, Where can we buy bread that they may eat? That's verse 5. Verse 6 says, And this he said to prove him, for he uh, uh, himself knew what he was going to do. If you're taking notes, just write this down. God never asks you a question he doesn't know the answer to. Never has he ever asked you a question to uh, wondering what the truth was. He said, where can we buy bread? The Bible says, verse number 7, uh, uh, that, that Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. Uh, so there's 5,000 people there, we'll find out, 5,000 men. Uh, and Jesus said, hey man, uh, Philip, where can we buy bread? And he didn't say this because he, he didn't know what he was going to do. He said this to test Philip. And Philip answered and said 200 penny worth, which was about eight months' salary at that time, eight months' Uh, worth of pay, uh, eight months worth of money would not be enough that everybody just had a tiny little bit. Now, I want to point something out. Jesus said, where can we buy bread? And Philip said, we don't have enough money. If God's asking you a question, you answer the question that God asks. You don't try to figure out how to solve the problem. Jesus said, where can we buy bread? I believe if Philip would have said, well, I think we passed the bakery about six miles back, Jesus would have gone, boom, look in your pocket, and he'd had eight, eight months worth of foods, worth of money sitting in his pocket. But he didn't answer the question that Jesus asked. He, he acted like the problem was bigger than the one who was, deliver, who was about to deliver the promise. God's going to ask you to do something in 2017 and it's bigger than you can ask or think and that's because if you did it, you'd get the credit. But God is a jealous God. He doesn't give credit away. In other words, God wants you to do it because if He wants to do it through you because if He does it through you and you can't do it on your own, now you'll just throw, sit back, you'll throw your hands up and you'll say, I don't even know how this church got here. God is just good. When Jesus asks a question, Answer the question he asked because now we don't even hear from Philip again. I remember my uncle, he pastors a great church for 30 years, 30 years uh, down in Lamarck. And it's a powerful, powerful church. But he told me one time, he said the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And uh, he had, the Holy Spirit had told three other men to go put that church there. And they didn't do it. They didn't do what God told him to do. And because they did not, he was then able to. Let me just say this, and I don't see anybody in the room uh, that, that this would fall under. So this is, for the, this is for the podcast. If you think that God's will is hanging on whether or not you will do it, I just want you to know that's the easiest way to get your name taken out of the story. You see, God is God. We get to be His children, but God is God. So when we move in this thing, we have the opportunity to say yes when He asks a question. We have an op the opportunity to pursue Him when He asks a question. We have an opportunity to do these things. But the will of God is not contingent upon whether or not you will do it because we'll find out here in just a second, He doesn't need everybody, He just needs somebody. He's looking down your street 
going, I wish there was somebody on Main Street that would believe God. I wish there was somebody on Avenue M that would believe God. I wish there was somebody in College Station, Texas that would believe God. I wish there was somebody in Bryan, Texas that would believe God. I wish there was somebody that would believe God still raises the dead. I wish there was somebody that would believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is still stronger than any drug on the planet. I wish there was somebody that would believe there's an outpouring coming to this region. I wish there was somebody that believed that deliverance is available today. I wish there was somebody that believes that the righteous, when they are ruling and reigning, that the place is blessed. I wish there was somebody that believed that my children are going to prophesy. I wish there was somebody that would believe that they'd see visions. I wish there was somebody that would believe that God is going to do something good in their life. He's just looking for somebody to believe, not somebody who can do everything. You see, the Bible says you're not, you can do all things, but the Bible has a caveat. It says you can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. So Philip answers, says, eight months worth of money would only be enough for somebody to have a little bit. Then another disciple spoke up, uh, 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 Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, and said unto him, there is a lad here which has five barley loaves, and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? You, you see, God doesn't need everybody. As soon as Philip decided that he wanted to talk about the problem instead of answer God, all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden, Andrew shows up and says, "I tell you what, I don't know what Philip's talking about, but there's a little boy here that overheard what was going on. All he's got's a little bit of bread and a little bit of fish, but what is that among so many?" And all of a sudden, Jesus said, "Oh, somebody must remember that sermon I gave when I told him. I said, all you got to do is have faith.'" about the size of this mustard seed and you can tell that mountain to be removed you can tell that mountain to be cast in the sea if that little boy wants to give his lunch hand it to me and watch what I do with it number two 2017 is going to be the year of extreme generosity because of childlike faith when we were buying this building uh, uh, my children saw me every day laying hands and praying over a calendar that I had on a thing. They saw us every day talking about it. They saw me marking an X off of every date that would go by and we were that much closer to the contract date and they saw me every day doing that. They saw Crystal and me talking about it. They heard me answering the phone. They heard me talking to the bank. They heard me talking to everybody and they said to me, they said, then one day little Walker Lee, he was six years old at the time, he comes out of his room and he says, hey, he says to me, he says, Daddy, how much money do we need? I said, we need $1.5 million. He said, okay. He goes to his room. He comes out with a wad of crumpled up $1 bills. And he said, Daddy, is this enough? He said, this is all I've got. Is this enough? He said, will this get us our building, Daddy? Will this get us our building? I said, baby, I said, I said, I said, I said, I, I love you very much. I said, that's not quite enough. I said, but I don't ever want you to lose that idea. When you sense the kingdom of God, I want you to be responsive and extreme generosity. That little lad, that little boy, he overheard, oh, there's some hungry people. Well, my mama packed me a little lunch. I don't know what it can do, but if y'all can use it, you can. If you can use anyone, you can use me, Lord. You, you see, 2017 is not just going to be a year when we see the miraculous. 2017 is going to be a year of extreme generosity. 
Christians are going to get a good name again for being the most generous. I grew up in a time where we would go eat at like 9 or 10 o'clock at night after the preacher finally got tired of bloviating some kind of a sermon. And we would go to the restaurant and they didn't want to see, they, the, not us, not my uh, family, but you knew there was a lot of people that we went to church with and they didn't want to have, that. the waiter didn't want to deal with them because they were not known for being generous. They were known for the opposite. They were known for being arrogant. They were known for being hostile. They were, they, were known, they were known for all kind of stuff. But bless God, they didn't drink a beer. You know what I'm saying? And they'd let you know it. If you walked by and they were drinking a beer, oh, there goes the devil's water, which, look, I pretty much agree with it. I don't drink a drop. I don't believe in alcohol, not one little bit. But here's the scenario. We're going to be known for being so generous. Everybody's going to go, oh, my, everybody in that church drives a nice car, but I got nothing bad to say about them because they're all so generous. It's a different thing when, you when the windows of heaven open over your life, when the power of God moves. What is this among so many? You see, Jesus, he always sees the potential rather than your current condition. That's why when he says, I'm, you know what, I'm going to use you to change some things. I'm going to use you to build an orphanage. I'm going to use you to set your whole neighborhood free. And you sit there because you're looking in the mirror and you're not trying to be hard on yourself, but you're looking in the mirror and go, what could he do with me? He's not looking at your current you. He's looking at the potential inside of you. He's looking at what he can do with you. Five loaves, two fish. We're coming into 2017, we're leaving 2006. Six is the number of man, uh, but seven is the number of spiritual perfection. Seven is the number of spiritual In other words, you did everything you could do, and you should have. Matthew 23, 23 says, do this without leaving the other undone. You did everything you could do in 16, and God's about to do everything you could not do in 17. Five loaves, two fish. Five and two is seven. God doesn't look at what you can give compared to somebody else. He says whatever is in your hand is absolutely perfect. When we were talking to our children and each one of our children started talking about what they were going to sow and what they were going to give, each one of them, they started saying this, I'm going to do this, Daddy, I'm going to do this, Daddy. And you could hear and it started to turn to this. I said, no. I said, we're going to have to talk individually. Because it's not comparing you and you. It's what's in your hand. You, you see, God never asks you for something that you don't have care, custody, and control over. It's the enemy who wants to put you in debt. The scripture says that seven is that number, not just of perfection, but it's also the number of rest. Verse 10, Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. The Bible says in Psalm 23 that he makes me to lie down in green pastures. 2017, number three, if you're taking notes, you're going to find rest. And let me just say this. 
rest is not wrong. If Jesus had to get away and rest, how much more so should we? If the Lord rested on the seventh day, how much more so should we? In 2017, I'm going to teach you a few things. But one of the things I'm going to teach you is I'm going to teach you how to build margin in your life. Margin means some, some wiggle room, some space. You, there should be some wiggle room in your finances. There should be some wiggle room in your time. There should be some wiggle room in, every, in, your, in the area of your love. You shouldn't be completely wrung out every day. No, there needs to be some of you moms. Listen, I know, and, and there's seasons you just got to do it. But you're going to learn how to build some margin in your life. And, and believe it or not, everybody's going to benefit from it. You feel like, oh, if I don't do it right now, it won't get done. There's some things that are true like that. But there's other things where we can build a little margin in. And then we feel rested and rejuvenated. He spent, if, if God himself, who built everything and made everything that you and I have ever seen in six days, then rested, I think he's all right with you finding some rest in 2017. We're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders. It's going to be a year of extreme generosity. You're going to find it odd because some people who used to not be generous are going to be generous, and you're going to find out about it. And you're going to be like, oh, my goodness, the Lord has done something. Yes. And you're going to find rest. Some of you, it might not be like a, just a physical thing, it might just be a mental and an emotional thing. You're going to find a way to rest truly in the arms of the one who loves you more than you could imagine. If all you did was sit and try to imagine for a thousand years, you wouldn't even come close to how much you really, really cares. He said, have them sit down about 5,000. I don't have time. I don't have time, but I'd tell you, if I had time, I'd tell you how five always represents grace. Amen. You're going to find rest, not in what you can do. You're going to find rest in His grace. Maybe you believed something from some poor doctrine from years ago about this idea that you got to do this, you got to do that. No. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You're going to find rest, not in your own self, but in his grace. He said, have him sit down. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples of them that were set down. And likewise of the fishes, as many, as much as they would. You see, in the hands of the little boy, it was lunch. But in the hands of Jesus, it was an unlimited buffet. Everything that you keep in your hand, you know exactly what it's capable of. But as soon as you release it and put it in his hands, now, now we haven't even tapped in to what he'll do. It's a shift that takes place supernaturally. You see, when, when, when Andrew looked at it, he said, here's a little boy's lunch, and Jesus said, oh, you mean that seed right there? 
The Bible says, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. The boys sowed lunch, and everybody got lunch. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Then it says, everybody had as much as they wanted. As much as they wanted. Hear me now, lock in with me for the next four minutes. They got as much as they wanted. It doesn't say they got as much as Jesus wanted them to eat. It says it got as much as they wanted. You can have as much of the miraculous as you want to experience. They got as much as they wanted. They got as much. Oh God, we want it all. If you're looking for a place, New Heights Church is available to the best of our ability. We're ready as much as they desired. In other words, there were some people that said, Oh, just give me a little piece of bread and I'm good. Other people said, Just give me the fish, I'm on Atkins. And other people said, I tell you what, my grandma's going to want some, my uncle's going to want some, my mom's going to want some, my dog's going to want some. Just keep it coming. You know what, Philip? Keep it coming. I tell you what, pass by here again, would you? Do y'all have something to drink or what? As much as they wanted. Now, Andrew said, Andrew said, Oh, what is this? Just a little bit of bread and a little bit of fish amongst all these people. And Jesus said, They'll eat till they don't want to eat anymore, and they'll still be leftovers. As much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto the disciples, Gather up all the fragments that remain, that nothing, everybody say, nothing. That nothing be lost. You see, the Bible says we store up our treasures in heaven where moth and dust don't corrupt. But you and me, if we saw a little bread on the ground, especially if we're outside, we'd go, all right, guys, don't worry about it. But Jesus said, don't you ever look at what somebody has sowed into the kingdom of God and leave it laying on the side. You pick every little piece of it up and I want it all in a basket. I want it all accounted for because when you give into the kingdom of God, it never stops going. He said, he said, he said, all the fragments, all the fragments. And now Philip's like, oh my gosh, all the fragments. We should have had this catered. He's picking everything up, 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 picking everything up. One basket. Picking everything up, picking everything up, picking everything up, picking everything up. Two baskets. Three, four, five, twelve baskets. He took a perfect offering. Twelve is always the number of order. And he returned it in perfect order. I believe, I believe Jesus said, bring me that little boy. Hey, let's call him Tim. Hey, Tim, I just want to say thank you for sowing your bread and your fish. Tell your mom and them to send the wagon because you now have... 12 baskets of leftovers. All because when it was in his hands, it was his lunch. But it, when, it, when it was in his hands, not only was it lunch for everyone around him, but then whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Number four, if you're taking notes therefore they gathered 
Verse 13, they gathered them together, all the fragments, filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remain, get this, number four, over and above unto them that had eaten. Everybody had all they wanted. 2017, you can have as much of God as you want. 2017, you can have as much of God as you want. But I just want you to know, it's going to be the year of over and above. Over and above. A year of recompense. Not just payment for things done wrong, payment for effort. Some of you are going to see your family begin to move in ways that you couldn't imagine. And the Lord's going to say, oh, you thought I forgot about those prayers. A year of recompense over and above. Number one, miracle signs and wonders. Number two, a year of extreme generosity. Number three, we're going to find rest. Some of you, 16 wasn't a really good year of rest. To the best of my ability, I empathize with you. But hear this preacher. You're going to find rest in 2017. Number four, over and above. The Bible says he'll do exceeding abundantly above more than you can ask or think. He said that they had as much as they wanted. They each experienced the miraculous at whatever level they desired to experience. Whatever level they wanted is what they experienced. This is the year when I want your faith so far out there. So far. Oh God, do it. Oh, God, whatever it is, just big as you can think, just big as you can think, because he's going to exceed all of your expectations. We've been talking all month long about making room. We're about to receive our year in offering. Matter of fact, if I could get one usher, one here and one here, please, with a container, one here and one here. We're about to receive our year end offering. I'm going to encourage you to do something strong. Sometimes when you make room, you got to make room to make your way in. You say, I'm not going to let anything, I'm going to have my prayer time. And you got to be like those guys that ripped the ceiling off to make room. I'm going to make room for God in my life. I'm going to get this other stuff out of the way. I'm not going to live the way I used to live. I'm not going to think the way I used to think. I'm going to believe God this year, period. I'm just, I'm just getting this other stuff out of the way. Sometimes it's like the little boy. Well, you've got something in your hand that you can control. And you're saying, God, if you can use anybody, here's my lunch. Just a little boy. We still read about him today. I can't wait to meet him. How did that go up there, man? Well, my mom always did make the best bread. Had a little bit of fish, white perch, deep fried, glory to God. And Jesus just took it, blessed it, fed everybody, gave me all these big baskets. I couldn't even carry the baskets. I said, what you talking about? I couldn't even carry it. Yeah, I was spilling over the top. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, they put it all in there. I said, well, how'd they get it in there? He said, they put it in there, pressed down, shaken together, and then it's still running over. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.